You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. I am so glad you're joining me today. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say, if you haven't already done so, make sure to sign up for my newsletter. I send out recipes every few weeks, ones that are not on my website. I call them my secret recipes because they are not on the website, nor will they ever be on the website. I also send out updates, tips, recommendations, that sort of thing. And also be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast, all the things, if you're enjoying it. And this way other people can find out about it and learn about all the fun stuff we're learning about, which today is quite the episode as far as learning. I know I learned so much from this. So I just want to give briefly a little background on how I discovered the guest today. It was kind of random. So I get quite a few emails every month from people who are writing me on behalf of maybe their client or someone else who they think would be a good guest for my podcast. And Most of the time, I don't think they align with what I want to talk about or what I think my listeners, you guys want to listen and learn about until this guest. So I got an email about Jeff Chilton and immediately after reading his story, I was like, oh my gosh, he has to be on my show. So I was like, absolutely connect us. This sounds awesome. So Jeff Chilton is basically the reason medicinal mushrooms are where they are today. He has almost 50 years of experience in the mushroom business and has truly been instrumental in the global mushroom scene. So his passion for mushrooms started right out of college. He worked at a mushroom farm out west for 10 years and there he met a Japanese scientist who taught him all about medicinal mushrooms and how they had been used for thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine and kind of the rest is history after that. He went to China and then started attending all these different conferences and expos and making it his mission to educate people on the benefits of mushrooms because at that time nobody knew nobody had any idea other than in China which they had been using them like I said for thousands of years but the rest of the world for the most part not so much and certainly in the United States so he started his first company Namex in 1989 it was the first to offer a line of certified organic mushroom extracts that are now used by many supplement companies so you know if you have maybe a tea or a mushroom supplement that you take possibly that company could be getting their extracts from Jeff's company So we get into everything medicinal mushrooms, obviously. We talk about the different types of mushrooms, their benefits, how do you grow a mushroom, what they are exactly, information about labeling laws because there is some weird stuff going on in the mushroom business, um, and quality. So quality always matters, and it certainly matters in the mushroom world. We talk about Jeff's upbringing and how he got to where he is today. And it was such an, a fun interview. Jeff was down in Patagonia when we recorded this. So it was, of course, a remote podcast episode. But he is a lot of fun. He is so passionate about mushrooms and knows pretty much everything there is about mushrooms. I kind of call him the mushroom man, maybe mushroom guru, certainly a mushroom expert. So without further ado, here is my interview with the super passionate Jeff Chilton. 
Hi, Jeff. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you down in Argentina? Yeah, Patagonia. You know what? Yeah. I left a very rainy winter behind and I, I'm down here it. and it's summer, <laughs> summertime. So, you know, I, my philosophy is I want to live in perpetual summer. I Sorry do too. Oh my gosh. Oh. I hate winter with a burning passion. And I don't even live somewhere that gets really cold, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Where do well, you I mean, where do you live normally? Where's your home? Well, base? I live I live on uh, Vancouver Island in <gasps> British Columbia. Oh my god! It's, it's a temperate climate, so it's like it's not super cold. It's maybe anywhere from let's just say thirty five to fifty degrees, yeah. but it's rainy. Rainy. So I and, went to Vancouver um, a couple years ago to visit a friend and. I love Vancouver. Like other than the weather, you know, I mean, and that my friend who was living there is a summer, she's a sunshine baby and she had to, she's in LA now because she was like, I can't, I love it here, but I just can't, I can't deal with the weather. Yeah. So summers are great. So yeah. if you ever come out to British Columbia, come in the summer, July, August, and you will be in uh. heaven heaven and the food there. I mean, everything. I was just, and the people, I love Vancouver so much. I can't, I would have never thought to have gone there if she hadn't lived there. And then I'm just like, everybody needs to go to Vancouver. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, you're here to talk about mushrooms. You are what I would say the uh, mushroom man. I'm going to call you the mushroom man because <laughs> you have been dealing with mushrooms for 40 years. Yeah, at least 40 years. Because, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I started out actually um, studying mushrooms in university in the late 60s. And so I, I was uh, working with mushrooms and uh, my, my field of, of my major was anthropology. Oh, wow. So I, at the same time, I was studying mycology and I was putting the two together. So I was kind of studying the use of mushrooms worldwide in different cultures as food medicine and in shamanism so yeah it was really uh, you know and 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 of course you know after university jobs are posted for anthropologists right yeah yeah what do you do with that so so (laughs) so uh, i i i went and and uh, ended up getting a job at the only mushroom farm in washington state in 1973, I went to work on this very, very large mushroom farm, growing two million pounds of the button mushroom every year. Wow! And I mean, I mean, it's like I—I I think there was a 200 employees on this farm, and it was a big, big farm. Yeah. Lots of mushroom grow rooms, and I ended up staying there for 10 years. I literally lived with mushrooms. <laughs> Rebecca for 10 That's years. a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> That's right. That's a lot of mushrooms. I, I lived with them. So it was really, it was really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. And, I, and it was great to, you know, just get so totally deep and involved in it all and learn so much about it. And, you know, I was really lucky because on this farm, we actually had a Japanese scientist who was our the head of research and development and he was growing shiitake mushrooms oyster mushrooms and enoki mushrooms so I I was I was uh, able to work with him plus not only did I learn how to grow these other mushrooms 
but I was eating fresh shiitake back in the 70s. Wow. The freshest. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Those are my favorite. Shiitake are my favorite. Hey, you know what? Shiitake is my favorite mushroom too. Mm-hmm. I think it's just an absolute fabulous mushroom. And, and in, uh, in Chinese, it's called shanggu. And what that means is fragrant mushroom. Fragrant mushroom. Hmm. And shiitake has an odor. If you smell shiitake, I mean, the odor is just oh, yeah. heavenly. It is and heavenly. And the taste is wonderful, too. Yeah. Too. So yeah, it's, it's my favorite mushroom. Yeah, I eat them several several times. Several times a, a week, I think, um, and put them in Good everything. for you. Know? you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they go. Uh, in, they're so versatile. They'll go yeah. with just about anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so, so from there. So I was just lucky. Well, yeah. I was just lucky to, to be there for 10 years. And, and, and while I was there, I, I was able to attend mushroom conferences that they, <laughs> that they had. They'd send me That's off to cool. conferences. And, and uh, I also, with some friends of mine at the time, we put together a group that held mushroom conferences in the Pacific Northwest in the late 70s, early 80s. So we had these conferences and we brought people there together that uh, taught uh, mushroom identification. Mm. Um, I was there teaching mushroom cultivation. We, we had people like, are you familiar with uh, Dr. Andrew Weil? Oh, yeah. Love Andrew Weil. Yeah, he's great. Andy Weil was one of the people that we had at our uh, conference. Cool. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Andy's a, a mushroom fanatic. For oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So it was so cool to have Andy there. And, and the last, very last conference we had, our keynote speaker was Terrence McKenna. Ooh. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know Terrence? No, I but, don't. I know Andrew Weil, but I don't know Terrence. Okay, who is that? Yeah, yeah. I should, I obviously, apparently. Yeah, oh. So, and actually in, in um, 1983, uh-huh. I uh, co-authored a book and we published it called The Mushroom Cultivator, A Practical mm-hmm. Guide to Growing Mushrooms at Home. It was a 400-page oh. book, color photos. Cool. That book today still sells 5,000 copies. Today. Wow. 40 awesome. years later. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like there's a mushroom boom right now. You know, there's mushrooms and everything, mushrooms and tea, mushrooms and, you know, it's like having a moment, which it deserves it. It deserves to have a moment longer than just, you know, for a little while. Hopefully it lasts. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm sort of like, well, yeah, I I knew it all along. I'm telling people how wonderful mushrooms are. And you're right. About Three or four years ago, things started to really pick up, and then it just exploded. Yeah, and, um, my business has just gone crazy, and um, not only that, like you say, people are, are so innovative; they're putting mushrooms in everything: mm-hmm. chocolate, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> coffee, yeah, um, so many different food products now that they're putting mushrooms into it's it's very cool and again like i say i just think it's so innovative and and i think the whole you know sort of your generation is just so you know all the different things that you're thinking of all the different new companies and all of the mm-hmm. things that are going on i'm just like wow so yeah. cool what a wonderful group yeah i mean it's becoming more i feel like the health um 
awareness is like even more mainstream as it, you know, it used to be even more niche, I feel like of people getting into health foods or trying to, you know, people are really more aware and conscious of like, oh, you are what you eat. Like, yeah, people have been saying that, but now it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's right. You know, back in the sixties, um, health food, let's call it health food was sort mm -hmm. of a thing that came out of Southern California, and people right. used to talk about health nuts. They're like, that's crazy people, granola people, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and even today people talk about granola. Why do they say that? I mean, whatever. I still don't get this because I granola is delicious. It is delicious. Who doesn't I like granola? <laughs> I don't know. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's offensive yeah. because everybody likes granola. Why are you making fun of granola? Well, you're <laughs> right. It is offensive. Who are these people? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't but, know. I don't but, know those people. I, I they, you know, don't you think today, I mean, like you're saying, the, the, the whole idea of somehow taking control of your own health uh, through your diet, through um, exercise, mm -hmm. but just through your thoughts, yeah. healthy living, taking responsibility for that, it's now kind of gone pretty mainstream. And it's not just a matter of, oh, yeah, I'm going to wait till I get sick and go to the doctor or something. No, it's like, no, I want to be healthy, stay mm -hmm. healthy, um, live a healthy life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I'm, it's really come to the point where more people are health conscious than not, I think. I think so, for sure. And I think also there's a lot of, um, you know, maybe people do have some type of ailment. Maybe it's not like an extreme illness, but they don't feel well and they go to the doctor and they don't really help them. <laughs> you know, they might tell them to take this pill or, you know, whatever. And they just feel kind of like, okay, I need something else. Like there has to be some other way, you know? Absolutely right. And, and you go to a doctor, they don't know anything about diet for oh, one. No, nothing. I mean, and wouldn't that be one of the first things that you would want to know about? It's like, okay, what are you, how's your diet? What are you eating? Yeah. And, and, and oh yeah, I eat out of nothing but the central aisles in the supermarket. <laughs> well, no wonder <laughs> you, know? you have this issue. <laughs> I know. I know. When, I, when I'm in a supermarket, and we just have a small one in the community wow. that I'm there in, and uh, I don't even go into those unless I want to get a can of uh, some black so olives or yeah. something or, or right. salsa or yeah. something like that. But otherwise, no, I don't, I don't go into those aisles. It's kind of like, no. It's terrible. And I mean, whenever I do go to like a, a normal quote unquote grocery store, it's, I'm just like floored by just so much junk food. It's literally like 90%, probably maybe even more percent of just the most unhealthy food that's just filled with sugar and fat and salt. Totally agree with you. And when I look at what some other people have in their carts, I know. I'm shocked. I know. You know, and Absolutely. I feel bad for being like, you shouldn't have that. <laughs> but, well, yeah, you know, and, you know. and they've got children with them, and you're going like, oh, what are you feeding your kids? I know. I feel this way sometimes with some of my relatives that I, especially like over the holidays, and, you know, I see them giving their kids, you know, whatever, and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. why? And this no. is like somebody that you love, but you also like can't, you know, you have to figure out your play, like your audience and who is going to be receptive to what you have to say if it is health related, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. Some people just don't want to hear it. 
Yeah, no, no. A lot of people don't want to hear about it. But, yeah. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, I, I was a youngster during the 50s. And back in the mid-50s, my father actually brought home vitamins. And we were taking vitamins. And, mm. and you know, they were actually horrible tasting oh yeah (laughs) but uh but not only that we we didn't have white bread in the house we had to eat brown bread whole wheat bread and and there was no sugar in the house and we didn't have dessert and all of that yeah so you grew up in like a health so no wonder i mean and you grew up out west so maybe that's why yeah, well, you know, my dad was a dentist too, and I think that was part of it, you know, in terms of no sugar, no cavities, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, no, no, I mean, there was no Coca Cola in the refrigerator yeah. for cupcakes. I mean, no, nothing yeah. like that. It was a very pretty. Well, that was a treat, diet, you know. I mean, a Coca Cola back in the day was like that was like a special occasion. You like you've gone out with your family and you could get a Coke, and it was not sweetened with high fructose corn syrup, which is, you know arguably yeah. slightly better it was slightly better it was yeah. definitely better than it is now yeah so so those were kind of like the, the early days and growing up but i and i'm very much into having a pretty healthy diet now and I pay attention yeah. and also exercise i just think exercise is just, you can't stop moving you got to keep moving absolutely you really do because i mean think about it how much time everybody sits in a chair these days especially in front of their computer i know i know and we spend more time <laughs> At this generation and this time period, we spend more time indoors and sitting than any other time period, you know? Yeah. 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 And we are the sickest. So, um, but back to the mushrooms. <laughs> so you were, you were 10 years on a mushroom farm. And then after those 10 years, what, like you wanted to go off on your own and, or how, how did the next step occur? Well, I did. I, I left um, the mushroom farm and, I actually created a, a, a business selling mushroom spawn, which is the seed that you use to grow mushrooms. And then in 1989, I went to an international mushroom conference in China Ooh. Uh, because there are organizations out there. And I've been to some of these, these same conferences from this organization when I was at the mushroom farm. Uh, but this one was in China. And I'm like, wow, that's that's really interesting. I'm definitely going to go because they'd had one of these conferences in Tokyo at one point. And when they had the conferences over there, they were filled with how to grow all of these different other mushroom species. So it was just mm. like fabulous. So I went over there in 1989. And um, while I was there, I, I mean, I was just like, oh my God, there's like China's got like tens of thousands of small mushroom growers. They've got mm mushroom research institutes everywhere they have conferences all the time they've got thousands of mushroom scientists in the united states we have one group at penn state university that's that are actually mushroom scientists oh maybe it's about Just half one. a dozen of them in fact i think right now they've kind of slowly faded away all of the original ones are are uh, long gone and now they've mm-hmm. only got a few of these people so it's like whereas over there so i was like Wow, it just opened my eyes. And one of the things that, that I realized, uh, Rebecca, which is really important, was that I realized that I couldn't, because in 1989, I started my business after this conference in medicinal mushrooms. Mm. And I realized that I can't grow mushrooms in North America 
economically enough mm. to sell as a supplement because mm -hmm. you know I can grow them fresh and put them in the fresh market, but mushrooms are 90% water. Supplements are dry. The minute you dry out that mushroom That's that you're wow. selling for $5, now you have to get $50 for the same pound mm. of mushrooms. Yeah. Economics do not work. I realized that again because I'd been in the mushroom business for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, all through the 90s, I started to make a lot of um, uh, um, connections with growers, processors in China. And I started my business and I was bringing some products in. And I was literally going to some of these very large food shows. Like, have you ever heard of the Natural Foods Expo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wow. Want to go to that. I would love to <laughs> go to that. It was so fun. Oh, what a show. Well, yeah. back in 1989, 90, the first time I went to it, believe me, it was only in like one huge hall. Now it must be in like about Oh, I'm sure it's massive. Three, you know, oh, yeah. it is massive. Um, yeah. And, and, I would start it out by walking around and, and going up to herbal companies that were there and had a booth and all, and I had a reishi mushroom in my hands. And I said, have you ever heard of medicinal mushrooms? Or have you ever heard of reishi mushroom? And they're kind of like, well, no, not really. I said, well, did you know that mushrooms have been used for thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine? Oh, no. Here they are. They're selling all these herbal products, right? Many yeah. of which are coming from China because that's yeah. where a lot of the whole herbal medicine comes from. Mm -hmm. So for the next 10 years, I was like trying to educate the industry as much as possible. I, I had uh, wow. wrote articles, uh, wrote more books, uh, started having a booth at the Natural Foods Expo every year to where people come by here, take here's some information about medicinal mushrooms and basically trying to educate people wow. because at that point, nobody had a mushroom product. And slowly, but slowly, but surely, they, you know, I started to gain some customers till by the end of the 90s, people sort of knew about medicinal mushrooms at that point. But really, it took a lot of education because think about it for a second. You're a business and someone says, well, why don't you put out a mushroom product? And you go, well, but nobody knows about medicinal mushrooms. Why would I put out a product if there's no demand? Right, and, right. Yeah. And then I put it out there. What am I going to tell people? You know, what should they use it for? And right. so it was kind of a chicken and egg situation mm -hmm. there, right? So, so that was kind of, uh, that was 1989. That's when I started my current company called NAMX, which is North American Medicinal Mushroom Extracts. And, and that's, you know, what we sell. We sell raw materials basically to other companies wow. so that they take our raw materials, our powders, again, you know, it's a dry powder, put it in capsules, bottles, put their label on it, and then they take it off to the retailer. I mean, do you, so some of the teas and stuff that I drink, they could, the mushrooms that are in them could be, they could source them from you? Potentially. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's completely wow. possible. That's really yeah. cool. I mean, I think about every, I think everybody knows about Four Sigmatic. Do you get, did they get their mushrooms from you? Because I love the matcha with the lion's mane uh, and the. Oh uh, yeah. They yeah. actually don't, but oh, I know, okay. <laughs> I, I, I know the people at Four Sigmatic. Oh yeah. And, nice. and they're, they're really great guys. They're, it's they're all from brand. Finland. 
And oh, uh, I didn't know that. Guys. Yeah, young guys in their cool. 30s, and they've created this business, and they've really done a lot to sort of get uh, medicinal mushrooms well-known. What they do, uh, because they're in teas, is they will add other things. The mushroom would be sort of the core part, but they'll add other things to uh, create a flavor profile mm-hmm. um, so that each product's a little bit different and it tastes good, and it's not just a, a straight mushroom flavor. Yeah. Um, which yeah. sometimes is pleasant. Sometimes, sometimes it's not. yeah. Depends on what one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever tasted a reishi mushroom? Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because I just got some reishi mushroom uh, powder for Christmas, um, but I haven't used it yet. So wh- how okay. should I? How should I use it? Well, see now, this is a really interesting question because that gets into to is it real? Reishi mushroom. I hope so. I, <laughs> I mean, I know, it's a pretty, I know. it's a reputable company. Um, I can't remember which. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to name the company. I'd rather yeah. you didn't okay. actually, because then yeah. I can talk about it without people going, "Oh yeah, I was bashing this company." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But, but <laughs> what I can tell you is that if you taste it, it should taste very bitter. Yeah, yeah. I'd heard that it tastes pretty bitter. Reishi mushroom is bitter, so. You know, if you like bitters, you could do a tea with it or something because that's very traditional. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't like bitters, then um, don't ruin your smoothie with it, whatever you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could, you can, <laughs> if it's a powder, I mean, you can, you can buy capsules and sort of cap it up. That's one way of doing it. Other way, otherwise, it's, it's kind of hard to mask a true reishi product. Right. If it's not bitter, you've got something else. And, yeah, and, yeah. and that's one of the things that, that we do sometimes when we're at trade shows is we have what we call the reishi challenge (laughs) because these products out there that are what I call facsimiles that are not actual Mm. mushroom products, but are being sold as mushroom products. They taste very bland Mm. and and the color is not like a dark rich Brown, which is what reishi should be. It's more of a a lightish color. And, and so we have some of that product out at the booth and then we have some actual reishi extract there and so we say okay try this product here and they they try it and they go ah yeah that's that's pretty good it's almost tastes a little bit sweet okay okay yeah now now try this and they dip into the reishi extract and then wait a minute not quite so much (laughs) and they taste and then they go like oh my god Uh, Uh, it's just like this this concentrated bitterness just kind of explodes in their mouth they were they were not expecting that (laughs) no 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 and and uh um but that's that's a a true ratio and then they're like Uh. does anybody have any water (laughs) (laughs) well that's good to know yeah yeah, so that's kind of like our reishi challenge, and and I, I tell people certainly if they if they have a reishi product already, so we'll just you know dump some out of the capsule or whatever, taste it. And if it's bitter, it's probably real reishi. If it's uh-huh. not, then you definitely do not have a true reishi product. So so that that's mm-hmm. just one of the the ways that you can tell with the reishi. I mean, they do it with all these other different mushrooms. They'll do the same thing. They'll they yeah. will grow them in a way that is is not. Um, well, let me, let me just explain to you something because it's really important mushroom wise. Um, how do you grow a mushroom? Well, mushrooms don't have seeds. Well, so how do we grow them then? Well, yeah. mushrooms have spores, but we don't plant spores. No, we don't mm. plant spores. And, and so in nature, the spores 
spread out from the mature mushroom and they land on the ground or they land on wood or they land on something. And when conditions are right, those spores will germinate into a very fine filament, almost like a thread or something. And it's normally white, this thread. And so when multiple spores germinate together in the same place, those threads come together and fuse and they create a network, a network of these fine threads. And that's called mycelium. That mycelium is the actual body of this fungal organism that we often refer to as a mushroom. Mm -hmm. So what happens, and this is what's really cool about, about fungi, um, <laughs> a mushroom being part of this big group called fungi, fungi, is, <laughs> is um, it, uh, they're decomposers. So they're out there decomposing all of the woody tissue, the leaves, the plants that die every year. Amazing. They're decomposing it all and turning it back into humus to feed the plant life again. So they're wow. really amazing. And without them, you know, we wouldn't be able to walk outside because it would be that deep in organic matter. So they're called uh -huh. a saprophyte, which means they feed off dead organic matter. And we need the fungi and bacteria and other microorganisms all working together to decompose it and repurpose it. So, wow. so you've got this mycelium and it's built up all of this uh, nutrition. When temperatures and conditions are right, up comes a mushroom. And you know what it's like with mushrooms. We're like, we're walking along and we look down and go, oh my God, this wasn't here yesterday. Where'd you come from? So fast. Like, mushroom. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, just an aside about that. Normally what happens is we don't see it. We when didn't it's notice it. Other stages yeah. that are a little smaller. Yeah, we I'm notice sure. it when it's all of a sudden. When it's like, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so it, uh, the mycelium puts up this mushroom. The mushroom uh, grows up. The cap will open, it'll expand. Underneath the cap are gills. Yeah. And on those gills are the spore producing uh, part. And so that will produce spores, out they come. And now we've sort of completed this life cycle of this organism because it's really important to know that because when you go out to buy a mushroom product, you could be getting the spores, you could be getting the mycelium, or you getting the mushroom. And remember, when we're looking mm -hmm. at a herbal product, every plant has certain parts. And those parts uh, with a medicinal plant, let's say the root, the mm -hmm. fruit, the, the uh, flower, the mm -hmm. leaf, each one could have a different amount of those medicinal compounds. Right. So knowing which one we have in our product is super important. And that's actually... Um, part of labeling law for supplements they have to tell you hmm. what plant part is in your product well that's good <laughs> so, so that that's where there's a very big difference between this mycelium which people actually grow and sell as a supplement huh so so if you were and and unfortunately uh what what's happened out there is is because mushrooms are so expensive to grow Mm. In powder, dry powder that we're selling as a supplement, not a fresh mm -hmm. mushroom, too expensive to grow in, in North America. So mm. 
people grow the mycelium on grain, um, sterilized grain. Oh, wild. And they grow the mycelium on it. It will cover the grain. And at the end of a 30 to 60 day growing out period, all the grain will be covered. They will dump it out, dry it out, grind it to a powder, grain and all. Oh, weird. So that when huh. you actually analyze these products, which I've done before because I did a big study in 2015 where I bought 40 different of these types of products off the internet and a total number of, of the samples being 95, many were just dried mushrooms, mushroom extracts. I analyzed them all for the important compounds and those products where they grew the mycelium on the grain were mostly starch. Ah, uh, that's grain horrible. Starch. Can you imagine? I mean, people, especially people out there that don't eat grains. Yeah. And, and, they're, yeah. and they're taking a mushroom product and they're thinking, oh man, you know, have you ever heard of the, the, uh, um, the uh, trade show called Paleo FX? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I so. <laughs> I'm not paleo, so that I'm anti-paleo, so I'm like, yeah, yeah I've heard okay. of that. <laughs> well, well, you know, the paleo, yeah, and, and, and what's interesting about it, though, to me is that, like, because we've been there with a booth. Yeah. And, and because we're trying to introduce people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mushrooms, right? Of course. And people come up, and they're like, they don't eat grains, and they come up right. and they say, man, I'm, I'm, I've got a great mushroom product that I'm taking, and I love mushrooms. Oh. And I say, okay, tell me the brand. Oh my goodness. When can you imagine the oh my God, look on their face when I say to them, I hate to tell you this, but <laughs> that brand you're taking is not really mushroom. It's mostly it's grain. grain starch. And they've been taking it for like six months and they had no idea. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That is so yeah. wild. I know. And wow. and, and look. You know, it's the funny thing is, is FDA actually has what's called a compliance document mm -hmm. from, from um, 1976. And this compliance document says, if you're putting out a mushroom product, you cannot put out this mushroom product and uh, instead of mushroom, put mycelium in there. Mm. You cannot sell a mushroom product and it's mycelium mm. they mm -hmm. put out a document like that but these companies don't care and the yeah. fda is like okay is it hurting anybody yeah no it's just a gram of starch that's not hurting yeah. anybody yeah and so they nobody you know they've got bigger fish to fry right so yeah so these companies continue to put out these products and, and here's the the key thing is that Mushrooms have compounds in them called beta-glucans. Mm -hmm. That is what is the active compound, is the beta-glucan. And that's what gives mushrooms their immunological benefits. Mm. When starch does not have beta-glucans yeah. in it. Right. And, and that's one of the things that I, I found in my analytical work, that all these products, rather than having what a mushroom has, which is 25 to 50% beta-glucan, less than 5%, mushrooms actually have glycogen mm -hmm. like we do. 
That's mm -hmm. our storage carbohydrate. Mushrooms share that with us. We have glycogen together. Oh, yeah, sure. So, you know, we have certain things that where we share these attributes. They breathe like we do. They, they breathe in oxygen, exhale carbon dioxide. Plants are just the opposite. Plants right. produce starch. Plants love carbon dioxide, exhale oxygen. Right. So, so we share that with the mushroom. And so at any rate, these products were the exact opposite of what you should be getting. They had about 5% yeah. beta-glucan on average, and they had as much as 60% starch. That's crazy. I know. So you would have I to know. take, to get the amount of beta-glucan, is that how you say it? Uh, I mean, you would have had to take so many more pills to get the percent, oh, you know, the, oh, the amount oh, that you actually yeah, wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what, do you know what uh, tempeh is? Oh, yeah. I love tempeh. Okay, yeah, tempeh, right? Do you know, tell me what tempeh is. Fermented soybeans? <laughs> God, you win a prize. <laughs> you know what? You, I was like, is this a you, trick question? You know? Because I, <laughs> is it something else it's that I didn't know? Question. No, no, it's not a trick question. It's just, a, I, I love asking people that because a lot of people don't have any idea what yeah. tempeh is. Yeah, you know? my dad just had it last weekend and he loved it. And, and then he was like, what is this again? And I was like, it's tempeh. I was like, it's fermented soybeans. And he was like, will you send me a picture of it and, and what it's called again? Because he was going to look for it at the store, but he had no uh, idea what it was. Like, <laughs> Okay, so now, okay, here is the real question. What is it that ferments those soybeans? I have no idea. I would love okay. to know. <laughs> it's a fungus. Oh, well, that makes okay. sense. It's not, yeah. it's not a mushroom. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fungi ferment a lot of things for us. I mean, you know, yeast is yeah. a fungus. So yeah, and I think of, I make kombucha. So like, that's basically what you, makes the kombucha. You, I mean, well, yeah, kombucha is kind of a, a mixture of microorganisms right. and there's, True. And there's yeah. probably fungi in there. Right. But basically, it is a very fast growing fungus. And so all of that white that you mm -hmm. see on tempeh, that's mycelium. What? <laughs> yeah, no idea. So you're, yeah, so you're eating mycelium right now. Well, yeah. so here's the, here's the kicker. It's like, okay, tempeh, cool, great food product, right? Yeah. That's what these companies are making. But mm. what they do is they take that, they dry it out, grind it to a powder, right. and say it's mushroom. Jeez. Isn't Jeez. that interesting? I mean, it's you like, have to I do your own research, you know? I mean, you just can't trust. Well, <laughs> well, I don't I, even I, know I, how I, you would find out about that unless, you know, somebody like you well, is telling us. That's right. That's right. And, the, and, and what I tell people is if the product says made in the USA, it's this tempeh-like product. Mm, and mm. the other thing, too, is that even that's though the front part of the label says mushroom, turn it over. Some companies will actually say mycelium, and in the other ingredients, they'll say myceliated oats or myceliated oh. rice. Uh -huh. So the honest companies yeah. will tell you when you turn it around. They won't tell you on the front panel right. because on the front panel that you're looking at when you go to buy the product will say reishi mushroom with a nice picture of a reishi mushroom. Right. You think right. mushroom, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You buy it and you don't even know. Right. So, right. and there's other companies that 
don't even label it on the backside properly. They, they mm -hmm. just say mushroom. They don't say anything on the other. So you wouldn't even know that you're getting mostly grain starch. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm not surprised by this, I suppose. But also it's kind of sad because, you know, most, most of us think like, oh, it's made in America. Like, great. You know, like you're more excited about it. And then actually in this case, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. I know. And, and it's, just, uh, it's just really unfortunate because, you know, and, and I'm out there. And, and believe me, there are people in my industry that, that – uh, um, because I'm part of a, of a larger organization called the American Herbal Products Association. A lot of them look at me and they say, hey, look, you know, you're, if you say this, you're kind of damaging the industry. And I'm just like, damaging the industry? No, I'm trying to bring higher standards quality. Yeah. to the industry. And totally. quality is super important. And the fact that I was probably the first company to introduce mushroom products into the market, I'm like, I don't want people to be taking facsimiles and then they're going, well, yeah, I tried them, but they didn't do it. And it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that's exactly. because you were barely taking anything. You were just taking yeah, some oats. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, so, you know, that's kind of one of my messages to people is that, you know, look, you have to be very vigilant. You have to look at the labels, check it out. If it says made in the USA, move on. If it, mm -hmm. you turn it over, it says mycelium. And then it says in the other something about, you know, grains, all of our products, what we do is we do test them for beta glucan. So, so we have that on, you know, we, we also have a, a, um, a product line, a retail product line and, and everything there will say, give the amount of beta glucans and our customers where we sell them the raw materials, mm -hmm. they would normally say when they put out the product, 25% beta glucans or something like that. So that's the other thing you can look for. Does it, tell you the amount of beta glucans in the product because that is the key compound if you don't have beta glucans it's not a medicinal mushroom product mm, wow so if what what would you say like the definition of a medicinal mushroom is then like in your words well you know what the, um i would say that that it absolutely has to have um, a certain amount of beta glucans. And, and here's what's interesting is that all mushrooms have beta glucans in their cell walls. But the mm -hmm. way the beta glucan is structured, you know, the architecture, let's call it, mm. with every mushroom, it's a little bit different. So some mushrooms that have beta glucans, their architecture of the beta glucan doesn't give it a lot of medicinal properties. Mm -hmm. It's not to say it wouldn't be a good mushroom, maybe Delicious, that you yeah. Yeah. eat or something like yeah. that. But the, the genuine medicinal mushrooms have this particular beta-glucan and have a structure that scientists, through their research, have determined this mushroom has these benefits, has these qualities mm -hmm. that are medicinal. So, and, and here's the thing. There is so much research out there on beta-glucans. I mean, thousands of papers on beta-glucans. They've been, they've been researching them since the late 70s. Wow. So they really know a lot about it. And, and so that's really the key. There's a few other compounds in mushrooms too, triterpenoids. The triterpenoids and reishi are the compounds that are bitter. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's what, that's what makes, makes reishi too different mm -hmm. from mushrooms is that all of the mushrooms share, especially the, the powerful medicinal ones, share these beta-glucans, but 
reishi has these triterpenoids that very few of these other mushrooms have. And that kind of sets it apart because triterpenoids are very good for your liver, your circulation, uh, great to, to uh, benefits the liver, helps cleanse your blood. So reishi kind of has a little bit more going on. And so when people ask me sometimes, well, is there any one mushroom that I should be taking? If I just want to take one, I say reishi for sure. Ah, cool. Good. So I hope I'm going to, I can't wait to go check out and make sure that mine is bitter. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And then if it's not, you can go back to your friend or whoever gave it to I you. Know. Say, hey, you know. I know. <laughs> Listen no. to my podcast. I'm going to return it. I think, I think they bought it somewhere in town. Uh, so yeah, I will um, go tell them that they need to up their quality yeah, they, on or, their... Or, Yes, or maybe maybe it's one of the the good products. That's the other side of it. it might be. I hope it is. I hope it is. Yeah, I hope because I, hope I do it is like too. this brand. It's it's a brand that I bought other you know um, like some ashwagandha and some other things from them. So I hope that it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, like after the show, you can. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I find out. Yeah, so, yeah. what are like the top like? Uh, I mean, I know some of them like, you know, lion's mane and, and then there's a bunch of medicinal mushrooms that I have no idea how to even say the name of them. Like I've seen it written, but I don't know how to say it. So what would you say are like the top medicinal mushrooms? Well, you know what? We have what I call the top four and that would be reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps. Yeah. I want to talk about that. And chaga. But, but, you know, oh, yeah, though, and, and, and to some degree, you know, I say the top four in, in a way I'm, I'm kind of giving you the best sellers because she talky, my talky and turkey tail Ooh, turkey tail yeah. are also really powerful medicinal mushrooms, too. Cool. And, 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 you know, it, it's 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 interesting. And just, just to go through them a little bit, you know, the thing about lion's mane and it's our biggest seller right now. Why is lion's mane such a big seller? You know, it's like, well. It's, have you ever heard of the word nootropics? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like anything that enhances my performance, <laughs> I want. Right. <laughs> you know? So, so. It's got a great name is, too, uh, Lion's Mane, you know. I know, I know. Look at that. You know? Yeah, everybody wants that. I mean. <laughs> I know. Uh, lion's Mane actually stimulates what's called nerve growth factor, which helps to manage and organize our neurons so all of these nerve cells that we've got that are are growing and networking and and helping our nervous system function they are 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 basically stimulated by this nerve growth factor and so if you can have something that produces or stimulates more of this that actually has been yeah. shown, and what's interesting has been shown in some actual clinical trials, in other words, with people, to enhance their cognition. Mm. Oh man, it's man. Like, who doesn't want that? My cognition, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, give <laughs> me know, that. Like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. It's like whenever my sons um, are sort of like having a little bit of a memory lapse. So I, I'm sort of like, oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not the only one. 
you know, misery <laughs> yeah. loves company. <laughs> I know, I know, because it's like as you as you age, your memory does kind of get faultier yeah. and not as sharp. And also, right. so everybody and his brother wants lion's mane. We can hardly keep it in stock. It is wow. just going crazy. So, so that's it. It's a nootropic. It's going to help you with cognition. Um, cordyceps. Traditionally, they use that for fatigue mm -hmm. and for, for somebody coming out of a, a, a long illness and they're, they're still tired. They just can't seem to get over the hump of just crawling out and being healthy again. They would give them cordyceps. So cordyceps, it's interesting because the whole idea of fatigue and maybe a little higher energy level. Okay, who, who really wants that? Well, besides everybody, um, <laughs> athletes, right? So a lot yeah. of athletes are kind of looking and, and athletic products have been put out with cordyceps in it. And so that's where cordyceps, and, and you know, the cool thing about cordyceps is um, the wild-crafted cordyceps, it used to be all wild-crafted. We I've can heard cultivate it now. They're crazy the way they're grown, right? They are actually, crazy. it's called, it's actually, From a caterpillar it's or actually caterpillar yeah. fungus. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and so the caterpillar goes to hibernate. Yeah. You know, but it never wakes up because the spore. <laughs> I feel kind of sad for thing. him. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, there's a lot of them that do actually make it out. When they have yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> but so so it, it essentially hibernates, doesn't wake up. And then in the summertime, uh, this little, cordyceps will grow right off the head of the caterpillar which is still underground with little cordyceps and then people in tibet will get out in the pasture on their hands and knees because it's tiny it's only like about three inches tall maybe so it's in the grass comb the grasslands for these things and when they find it they don't just take this little fungal part they dig out around it so that they take the caterpillar and the fungal part what oh my gosh <laughs> it's wild so that, that's, that's the actual herb the herb is the caterpillar with and the fungus yes, people would consume and the crazy thing is is that the demand for that got so high that in the last number of years, the price of it went up to $20,000 for a dried kilogram, two pounds of these things. Holy moly. Can you imagine? Wow. Well, now like that a, we can cultivate yeah. it. Oh, so now y'all can do it without the caterpillar? That's right. Oh, that's but right. that's yeah. good. I'm happy imagine? about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Poor no little caterpillars. caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I first, you know, in the 90s, when I first showed this to people in the industry, to companies, they looked at it and went, well, you know what? I don't think my customers are going to want to eat yeah. caterpillars. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like, besides. we're there yet. They're vegetarian. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't want. I'm yeah. So <laughs> poor little caterpillars. <laughs> I know. I know. So so we can grow them now. The price is much much cheaper, and and so everybody can yeah. can have cordyceps. Everybody's happy. Side. The caterpillars are That's happy. Right. We're well, happy. No, but, but the thing about it is, is that the. They still go out there and collect. It still happens. Oh, I'm sure. And obviously, it's still going to happen in the wild. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, the but, you know, the funny but, thing is that you say that is like, I have you ever seen the, it's, um, first came out like, 
I don't know, 10 years ago, Planet Earth. It was a documentary. It was a docu-series or whatever, beautifully done. And there is an, I just remember watching an episode that was like, it was the four, it was like the rainforest floor or something. And it showed mushrooms and it was like time-lapse, you know, and it showed one, this was off of an ant, I think. It wasn't a caterpillar. Um, Maybe it was an ant. Anyways, it was a bug. No, it was, and it it was, was like, an ant. It yeah, was an ant. yeah, yeah. And that's the first time I ever saw such a thing. I was like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was interesting because they they claimed that it was uh, the ant became a zombie under yeah, the yeah, control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, under yeah. The control. And they said the, the fungus was actually controlling this ant and it was continuing to crawl up to the top. And, and then it was like, okay. And then the fungus produced its spores and it was higher and all this. Crazy. And that. Turns out that that story was completely... Bogus. Oh, it was? Is not what happened? Yes. <laughs> it was totally bogus. That okay. wasn't what it was doing. It wasn't all. a zombie. But, you know, the ant marched up and then just like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So, well, you know, see, the thing about it is, is cordyceps, the different species of cordyceps, they grow on insects. Right. So in, in nature, you'll find a dead insect out there and it'll have a cordyceps growing out of it. They, wow. they basically decompose and recycle right. dead insects. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. They don't want to eat you. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at any rate, cordyceps is, is really interesting that way. The, the other one, um, the chaga. The chaga has been used for like hundreds of years in, in uh, um, Siberia and Eastern mm-hmm. Europe as something that's good for the stomach. And so they'll brew it up into a tea. Have you ever seen a picture of a chaga? Uh, yes, I think. I mean, no, I'm gonna, gnarly, I'm gnarly kind of black growth that comes out of the side of a tree. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, it looks yeah. gross. Yeah. I know. It's, it's really like, holy smokes, Ugh. you're no mushroom. Right. That does <laughs> not actually, look like a mushroom. I would not, no. I would not think that was a mushroom. <laughs> no. And you know what? It actually is not a mushroom, but it is created by a species of mushroom that sort of produces, but it doesn't produce a, a, hmm. the kind of mushroom that we're used to seeing. Instead, this is actually oh, called weird. a canker, and it's a, and it's a tree pathogen, so it's, it's actually killing this birch tree that it grows on. Yeah, but the, birch, the thing the about it is with a birch tree, the birch tree has a very short life cycle. It's 100, 100 years old and, and falls over. So that's, oh. it's not like trees that, that live for hundreds and hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. Right. Like that. So, so um, usually, even if it's an infected wow. tree producing these, it'll live to be 80 years or something like that. Right, so, yeah. So it still had a good life. You yeah. know, we, we really, you know, I want you yeah. to know that. I don't feel sad. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> so glad the to know. chaga <laughs> is, uh, is another one, and, and it's very popular right now. And, and, you know, while we're talking about chaga, let me just say this, is that a lot of companies out there, and this is what I don't like about internet sales, it's mm. not always just internet sales, other kind of sales. And that mm-hmm. is that companies sell it and they call it the king of mushrooms. King of mushrooms? Who made that up? Well, in the 70s, shiitake was the king of mushrooms. Uh, yeah. In the 80s and early 90s, reishi was the king of mushrooms. And then in the late 90s, maitake was all of a sudden the king of mushrooms because the company selling them decided to call it that so you go on the internet and it's like chaga the king of mushrooms it'll do this it'll do that there's 101 things that the chaga can do for you and i'm just like oh my god 
stop it. <laughs> stop it. Please. Yeah, stop it. You are just, you know, this is not correct. You know, for me, when, when something people claim they're a panacea, there's no ill mm. that they cannot cure. I'm just mm. like, you know, you're giving snake oil a bad name. <laughs> so, so people chaga. want that. They, they sadly, you know, it's just kind of like the mentality of uh, d- drugs and pills though. I mean, they, they want, people want that. They wish that they could just find one magic thing. And it's like, Oh, you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to eat healthy or, you know, take care of yourself or exercise. Just take this and you'll be right. fine. That's right. You know, and, and, and that, that in a sense too, is kind of like, you know, the products out there that are, that they have every herb you can think of plus the kitchen sink kind of thing. Yeah. And, and it's like, this is all you have to take for your supplements is this yeah. one product and it's got everything in it. And I'm just right. like, oh, no. my. Um, but at any rate, the chaga good. If people have stomach issues and, and I especially tell people who have something like Crohn's disease or irritable bowel syndrome mm. or something like that. Try chaga. You know, that, oh. that's a very, that's what they used to use it for with stomach issues. So try chaga huh. because who knows, maybe it'll work for you. And you know, that's the thing too, that, that I tell people is look, you know, the mushrooms will work for some people and maybe for some people, you know, they don't. Right. It's like, don't expect something to be miraculously right. changed. Um, and, and also just remember that mushrooms are kind of, working in the background you don't take your your mushroom supplement today and tomorrow you go wow that cold is gone right or my flu is over it doesn't work that way no it's it's what what we call them are are potentiators Hmm. um so they're an immune system potentiator all these mushrooms that's what they're doing they're actually strengthening our immunity and Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what we want. We want something that's there, ready to go into action. And what they do is they actually um, will stimulate the production of immune cells. And that's where these beta-glucans come in. We're eating them. Mushrooms are really high in fiber. So they kind of go, a lot of it is this indigestible fiber, goes down, feeds on microbiome, Mm -hmm. uh, hits the receptor sites for beta-glucans if we need them, and produces, you know, more, more immune cells to help you know, any kind of, uh, you know, let's say we're getting uh, some kind of a cold or something like that. Well, I mean, that's why in a sense, I look at them in a way as preventive uh, medicine as something that you take uh, as a preventative and something yeah. that it's just part of, you know, just like kind of part of your diet. And that's why I also yeah. say eat mushrooms too, even before you supplement, eat mushrooms because yeah. just having them there as part of what your, you know, your standard routine that's what you want to do. Right. So um, if you're going to the store and you wanted to eat mushrooms, I mean, the main, like shiitake, like I said, I, I love shiitake. Uh, oyster mushrooms are really, have lots of, I mean, would you say they're oyster medicinal or would you good. say that yes, they're- oh, Yeah, oyster okay. mushrooms are definitely a good medicinal mushroom. Right. Absolutely. And, and then and, like- uh, Well, it, sometimes you can get fresh lion's mane. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh. Yeah, and it maybe is maybe out west really you can't get that over too. here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing too, have you ever seen enoki mushrooms? No. Enoki mushrooms come in a in a, a little package 
that is um well maybe i didn't know uh, what they were vacuum packed and oh. if you look at it there's about a thousand mushrooms in it and they're they have a long stem mm. and a little tiny cap a little tiny cap and they're kind of whitish yellow and and uh oh. you get them in this package and you take them out and you know a nice hot pan and you strip them all out and fry them up and they they're crunchy in texture what? and they like these just wonderful noodly kind of things they're really good if you yeah if you get a chance if you see them anywhere grab a package and give them a try and noki they're really good that was one of the mushrooms that that the japanese scientist at the farm was growing and i was able to to try back then and oh yeah it's one of, it's one of my favorites as well of course i have a wow. lot of favorites <laughs> what are your other favorites well i, I mean I, I really love shiitake lion's mane is excellent i don't have lion's mane in my community fresh but mm. when we travel to china and we go to china every year to audit farms and to see our processors rebecca we're eating mushrooms almost every meal wow <laughs> almost every meal there will be because you know the way they eat in china is they have a big lazy susan and they and you're sitting on a round table and they Love come it. out and they put a bunch of dishes down and you just kind of turn the thing and you grab some and you put it on your plate Love and that. there'll be maybe half a dozen or d'oeuvres to start with and then they'll come out and they'll bring dish after dish wow. after dish Oh my gosh. Different things. And you, you know, if you like it, take it. If you don't, don't. But almost every meal, there will be, if not a pure mushroom dish, mushrooms in some of the dishes. So we're eating so many different mushrooms. Ugh. And we were eating quite a bit of lion's mane this, this year when we were over there. Oh man, is it good. They just lion's like saute it or what? Well, you know, they, they cook it in a lot of different ways, but certainly they do a lot of sauteing when they're doing their wok cooking and yeah, things like that. Right. And um, um, I, that's the way I like to eat mushrooms. I saute them. I, I saute I like them in a hot pan. And, yeah. and because, you know, again, if you, you put them in a pan that is too low of heat, all the water will come out and they'll just end up being very soggy. Yeah, so yeah. That, it's so not, that's something it's you gross. really have to be careful about unless you want to make a gravy. And That's true. You can do it that way. Yeah. But yeah. otherwise, otherwise, you know, slice them fairly thick, quarter of an inch, uh, throw them into the hot pan. Uh, I like to brown up both sides mm, and mm -hmm. I cook them a little bit longer than a lot of people, but I brown them up really good. By the time they come out of the pan, they're, they're not moist at all. The moisture is all inside of them. Right. So they're, they're nice and, and the texture's excellent. The flavor's there, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, or of course, you know, put them in whatever, put them in your eggs, your stir fries, you yeah. name it. Yeah. I sometimes bake mine. I like slice bake, it in. Do you do stuff them and baste them, bake them? So what I've, I've, I want to do that. Uh, what I've done is I just uh, usually like I slice them and then I toss them in tamari sauce, yep. like soy yep. sauce. Yep. And then yep. I put them on, I lay them out flat on parchment paper and just bit, like roast them at like 350 for just like 20 minutes, I like flip it halfway. Oh my gosh, you're so good. Yes, absolutely. That is fantastic. So That's a great way. I, I mean, people will actually just throw them on the grill even and throw yeah. them up, you know? So yeah. I mean, absolutely a great totally. way to do it for sure. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, this has been such a fun conversation. I feel um, like I am, I'm not going to say a mushroom, like, you know, expert, but I know a lot more than I did. <laughs> Good. Well, you know what? I, I, I think that, again, for me, I, I just consider mushrooms to be the, the forgotten food. Yeah. And they're kind of the missing link in our diet. And, and yeah. actually, you know, they've done studies that show that people populations that eat more mushrooms actually live longer or healthier than populations that don't. Yeah. So I just yeah. think that all of the evidence, the most recent study came out of Singapore that was done just within the last year uh, amongst uh, uh, people in Singapore, you know, okay, who eats and who doesn't. And, and they, you know, thousands and thousands of people that they, that they actually had in their study. And it turned out, yeah, the people, the group that ate mushrooms lived two or three years longer than the wow. group that didn't. So, you know, it's just the information is all there. And again, I, I just think, look, you're missing out. You don't you're have missing, mushrooms. Yeah. In your I know. Diet. So, so definitely make that, make a point of getting those fresh mushrooms when yeah. you're out there. And like people, so I will say personally, I used to hate mushrooms. <laughs> yep. I'm going to admit it. Yeah. I hated yeah, them. Yeah, it was yeah. a texture thing when I was younger. Yeah. And then I just yeah. thought, you know, I'd pick them out of everything. And I, yep. I never really gave it a try until, yep. um, re like, not recently it was about like i don't know eight years ago i my husband my husband he was my boyfriend then but my husband's sister would make this like three mushroom like cream of mushroom soup and so there was no texture oh. right to it and so i tried it and then i realized oh wow i actually like the taste of mushrooms and yeah. then i like slowly would like not pick it out of my food <laughs> and yeah. i would actually eat it and now i'm just like mushrooms everywhere i love them you know i eat like i said i eat them all like all the time. So I'm glad, which oh, has know. made my life so much better. Cause I mean, and you know, like we were saying, mushrooms are kind of having their moment more so than ever. And so they're in lots of different dishes and people are using them in, you know, fun, different ways. So it's fun. very versatile, very, very versatile. versatile. I mean, and, and the innovative stuff around them, like when people are putting mushrooms into chocolate, it's like, Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy. I think I've had that though, to be quite honest, probably. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is that, is that, um, you know, we, we actually have a retail line that we sell on the internet and my son's in charge of that. He's the oh, one cool. that kind of developed the line. And just recently we, we have one product called uh, five defenders, which is five different of the top mushrooms. And it's a great product. He actually put out a small chocolate bar with the five defenders in it oh, and baby. actually has it on the website right yeah. now and, and you know yeah he kind of he put it out first just as almost as a you know something to send to people or, or it's like okay buy two products get a piece you know get a chocolate yeah, bar or yeah. something like that and, and it's really really good i mean i mean okay chocolate you can put it a lot with chocolate mm -hmm. and it's going to yeah. taste good right so yeah. uh, you and know you can't really taste the, the mushrooms in it at all so pretty universal so what is that yeah. brand called Real mushrooms. That's what it's called. Real mushrooms. Oh, we're gonna check that out. Yeah, realmushrooms.com. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, a, a, what what happened is that you know we're we're primarily a wholesaler to right. other companies who so sell in bulk. But a lot of times, what companies do with our products is they will blend them with other things. Right. So they don't always put them out just right as they are alone. And so a lot of 
a lot of people, you know, would ask us for that. And so finally I just thought, well, you know, when we get them out there and put and, and put them on the internet, we're not going to be necessarily competing with our customers. So, so we did, we've got them out yeah. there. We've got our website. They also get sold on Amazon and, cool. and uh, my God, Amazon these days, the, uh, the number of mushroom products has just exploded. Yeah. Oh, geez. There's probably uh, hundreds yeah, because it's like every brand puts their stuff on Amazon, you know? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like loaded with it. But uh, yeah, so 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 we got that out and that allows people to actually buy our products and know for sure what they're getting. And they're just, that's all it is. We don't formulate with it or anything like that. Right. Awesome. Well, cool. And you have, a, I mean, you have a bunch of different books. Um, You've written several books or like well, what's, what's I, your like number one? Well, I mean, the mushroom cultivator for people want to, that want to actually grow right, mushrooms. Right. And, yeah. and that's, not, that's um, out there. I'm not even sure who actually sells it, but because I think I've seen it on Amazon before and they're charging a ton of money for it because it's <laughs> so, so, so old. It's almost like a rare book. Now. I was going to say, are you I'm, getting that money or? <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and you know it's funny because it's still people still use that book and it's really interesting the other books that that i produced i, I wrote a lot of articles myself in the 90s but then i also had hired people to write books for me right. and book on reishi mushrooms most of those are are now out of print which is really interesting because you know back then we'd give them away for the most part uh, their books and booklets and just sort of mm -hmm. give them away to promote and educate so right. you know the, the ultimately you know it wasn't like uh, we just kind of stopped printing them and, mm -hmm. and uh, they're they're out of print most of those right and i mean do you have any like uh, like recommendation for a, like if somebody wanted to to get a book just on like medicinal mushrooms are there any yeah, specific absolutely. books that you could recommend yeah I, I highly recommend a book called you ready yeah, medicinal right. mushrooms ah that's easy <laughs> yeah it's by it's by uh, a a long time very intelligent herbalist named Christopher Hobbs. And uh, he first wrote it in 1986 and he's updated it since then. And it's a great book. It gives you everything and more that you need to know about all the different medicinal mushrooms. That's what it's called medicinal mushrooms. Uh, so I highly recommend that book. And then, and then I've got something on my website called uh, redefining medicinal mushrooms, which is a 32 page. That's my 32 page mm -hmm. study that I did. And with all the different information on it. And plus we have, We've got a lot of just, you know, different articles and stuff that yeah. we've written that is on the website, not just the Namex website, but the Real Mushrooms website. Okay. So, so people can come to those two websites. There's just a lot of information there and, cool. uh, you know, awesome. so it's a great place. Cool. Yeah. I will put all of that information in the show notes for anybody who wants to, to check that out. And thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. Oh, I had a great time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Rebecca. It was really, really cool. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Peace and plants. Isn't he so awesome? I could just sit and talk about mushrooms all day long. And like I said in the interview, I used to hate mushrooms. I was freaked out by them. I thought there was a weird texture thing. However, once I learned about the medicinal properties, I was totally sold. 
Um, I hope y'all enjoyed that interview. I know I did. I certainly enjoyed recording it. He was a lot of fun. We did a Zoom conference, so we actually had video so we could see each other, which I think is a lot more fun for me. I love doing in-person interviews because I think they're more fun being able to see the person and see their mannerisms and things. So being able to see him through a video, I think translates better to the audio as well. So that is what I will be doing in the future. And as always, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share to the podcast. I would really appreciate that. It helps with SEO and it helps with other people who are looking for this type of holistic alternative medicine info, uh, plant-based, et cetera, et cetera. You can also sign up for my newsletter at therefinedhippie.com and be sure to follow me on Instagram at therefinedhippie. So until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. <laughs>